All right, guys, so I started a little fantasy rant episode about kind of just bad things that fantasy experts do throughout the year, and especially this year, and I, I forgot about the the easiest one, the one I was highest on, Le'Veon Bell. It was so easy to see that he was going to bust, and then the news came out that he was most likely going to sit, you know, at least till week 10, and that hasn't changed yet. I, you know, I heard, a, I've seen a bunch of stuff. Oh, Le'Veon Bell is still sitting out. Okay, I'm not really sure why that has changed. Like, we knew that he was going to be at least sitting out until week 10. Anything other than that would have been a huge surprise. Like, that hasn't changed. If some fantasy experts were telling you to trade for Le'Veon Bell or trade away James Conner, that was bad. That was something I never would have told you guys. But the whole thing, <laughs> I heard one fantasy expert say, well, it's a complete shock. I didn't see anyone say that Le'Veon Bell was not going to be a good pick. Then you are just bad at your job, sir. It was kind of easy to see that Le'Veon Bell was going to be a bust this year. You look at all the stats and all the data. I showed you guys on the Twitter page. It showed that Le'Veon Bell was at high risk, injury risk, and especially the fact that he had already been injured twice. You know, two serious injuries. And, you know, you look at it, and it was like Le'Veon Bell saw that. And why couldn't you fantasy experts see that? Le'Veon Bell was so concerned about his injury that he has set out this whole year because he wants to get paid. He wants to get that long-term deal. He didn't want to get injured and then not get a long-term deal. He wanted to get all that money at once, guaranteed, instead of having the franchise tag. Why was it so easy for me to see that when you got fantasy experts in the industry that get paid to produce content and they couldn't see this and they were telling you guys to draft him? And they weren't even telling you guys to handcuff him with James Conner. They were even saying, hey, Jalen Samuels might be an option for you. Sorry about that, Rand. Let's get into the episode here. This was a little prelude because I forgot to mention it. But it was one of those things that I just wanted to touch on because it's just, it's funny to me. All right, hope you guys enjoy it. Let's get into it. All right, so it's about that time of the week where I just get frustrated by some of the bad fantasy analysis that is out there. And kind of just right now, this week, it's not too bad. What is bad is that they're kind of in hindsight right now. I heard, you know, I hear a bunch of fantasy fans. I don't know, say, oh, hey, Doug Martin didn't look that bad. He hasn't looked that bad this whole year. Like, this shouldn't be a surprise. Like, we watched the film. We saw that he's been doing pretty well in those games. I told you guys he wouldn't be that, you know, bad of an option. He's going to be similar to Marshawn Lynch. You know, I just, you know, some of these fantasy experts that, you know, have the TV time, have, you know, the career, the industry jobs there they don't watch the games they just look at the stats and you know i get it that's you know their job is to produce good content some of them are just there to be hosts of a show and they do a really good job at that so that's why they have the job some of them are there to write articles that cater towards uh, their company and you know i get that but you know they're giving fantasy information to the masses when it's not good fantasy information. It's sad that someone like me can see that Doug Martin isn't going to be that much of a fall off of Marshawn Lynch. Or it's sad that someone like me is able to see that Cordero Patterson is going to be the running back for the New England Patriots over Kenyon Barner. Like, this isn't that hard to see. I mean, honestly, I do think I'm a little bit better, you know, than the average person at this stuff. But, you know, easy stuff like... A lot of people were promoting Keelan Cole over D.D. Westbrook. It's like, no, guys, this is easy to see. D.D. Westbrook was going to be more consistent the whole year. That was easy to see. Yes, Keelan Cole will have a couple of good games where he pops. That's going to happen. But the overall consensus should have been that D.D. Westbrook was the receiver to own because he'd be the most consistent. I don't get it. Another thing, 
a lot of people are saying Alfred Morris, hey, he's going to be the guy to own San Francisco at the start of the year. Well, you know, the whole time I was proclaiming that Matt Brady would be a top 20 running back no matter what. Obviously, he's getting injured, so you can't really predict that. But it's like, guys, there is just some really bad analysis out there, and it just really gets me frustrated. Um, you, you know, you look at some of the other things that were early on this year, a lot of people were saying, oh, Deion Lewis and uh, who's the other guy? Rex Burkhead. <laughs> they should be drafted in the top four rounds. <laughs> what? There is no way that either of those two guys should have been drafted above round five. Round five is kind of the round where people start taking, like, risks and, you know, have bad draft picks in round five. I get that. <laughs> but a lot of fans were reaching for Deion Lewis and Rex Burkhead. Oh, that was sad. I did not get that at all. Now, you know, some other things. You know, it's the Marshawn Lynch news came out, you know, two weeks ago. And we gave you guys that news being like, hey, you know, you should probably grab uh, Doug Martin and Jalen Richard if you can off your waiver wire. And then a few days later, the news broke that Marshawn Lynch was going to own on the IR. Now, the same thing happened with Bilal Powell. We, we told you guys on the video, you know, Elijah McGuire is going to be the running back to own. You know, if you needed a running back last week, I said, you know, you could pick up Trenton Cannon, hoping that that game gets out of hand and he gets a little bit more work. Now, Cannon did get the work last week. Um, just didn't equate too much because that Bears D is a good D. Um, but, you know, it's like the news is there, and they're just not giving you guys the correct information that they should be. And it just really bothers me that, you know, people have these jobs and they can't even provide the correct and good information. Now, I get now people are going to have difference in opinions. That's going to happen, and I get that. You know, there's different ways to go about analyzing all this information. But the problem with the fantasy sports, fantasy football community in a whole is that a lot of them, they do it daily. And the problem with that is when you do something daily, you start to look for more information. You start to look for more content. You try to produce more content and you try to force more content onto more people to provide for your site. One of the things I'm able to do is I'm able to pick my spots so that I can give you guys the correct information when it comes out. They're doing this stuff daily and they're trying to make up content much like a news, um, much like a news group, you know, where all that fake news kind of comes from the same thing kind of happens in fantasy football where they start talking about this stuff and they kind of talk themselves into it and it kind of just builds off of each other fantasy experts build off of each other that's how someone like Deion lewis becomes a fourth round pick it's you know it's a you know someone gets this idea it's like hey this could be a nice value pick um you know maybe we should start think about reaching it for him in like the seventh round and you know it kind of gains um, momentum from there and then you know it keeps going and then, you know, you get to this point where there's just bad, you know, it's bad analysis right there. Um, you know, you kind of saw with Royce Freeman again, uh, you know, the whole time they were saying that it was going to be a running back by committee. You know, Philip Lindsay, I thought at the start of the year, it was going to be the third down back. Now it's kind of weird because DeMonta Booker has been that. And, you know, Philip Lindsay has been, you know, the kind of go-to running back for them. But a lot of people are saying, yeah, draft Royce Freeman in the fourth round. I'm like, no, you probably shouldn't be doing that. You know, he does look good, but so do all these other running backs. And, they're, you know, they haven't wanted to go away from Booker. And, you know, same thing in the Green Bay Packer running back situation. You know, I've been telling you guys this whole year kind of how it's been going on. You know, I said early on, if they do commit to one running back, that that running back is going to be a top five running back. And I remember some people were like, oh, man, I don't think so. You really think so? I'm like, yeah. You look at their stats so far, they've been averaging 140 yards per game. The running back group has. They've been averaging a touchdown as well. Um, well, it's like 1.75 touchdowns per game since Aaron Jones has returned. 
and you know if you want to include PPR in there that helps them out even more so if they do go to one running back obviously that running back is going to be Aaron Jones if uh, you know someone gets injured or two of them get injured then the other running back becomes very valuable but the whole year I was telling you guys you know it's probably going to be Jamal Williams a lot at the start of the year until Aaron Jones kind of gets that role back establishes that role a little bit more you know works on some of the things that he needs to work on I, you know, I made a video showing you guys kind of why the Green Bay Packers weren't wanting to play Aaron Jones what they want him to get better at then you kind of saw last week you know he had that safety but obviously Aaron Jones put together good film other than that that was horrible I don't know you had Jamal Williams on your team for one reason that's because he's a banger he falls forward and he won't get a safety on that play you know, he should be a touchdown, you know, short yards, goal line back. And, you know, they've been using him correctly so far. You know, they've been using Jamal Williams on third downs. You know, Aaron Jones has definitely been the big play back. They need to get Aaron Jones at least 15 touches per game. You know, I don't mind if Jamal Williams gets seven touches per game. That's kind of how it should be breaking down. Um, but I just didn't get why fantasy experts were getting so mad that they were wrong. I mean, they were getting mad because they were wrong. They didn't listen to the coach. They weren't able to analyze that situation correctly. And that's what gets me mad about fantasy analysts. It's like they get mad at coaches for them telling them the truth. Like Mike McCarthy told us the truth. I was going to be running back by committee. And fantasy experts like, no, that's not going to be the case. You know, Aaron Jones is going to be the guy no, no matter what. And then they just create a bad analysis. And, you know, they just were mad that they were wrong about that situation. Um, what's something else here? You know, the whole Chris Carson thing? Now, this wasn't the expert's fault, I don't think, too much on this one. But his ADP throughout the year was really low, and I just didn't get his ADP. Um, I drafted him in two out of my three leagues, and, <laughs> you know, he's just been a beast so far. Um, really good player, Chris Carson is. If you can get him right now, I'd probably suggest it. You know, he's looked like one of the best running backs in the league. I've touched on that. But I just don't get why he isn't getting the hype i don't get it like why are we touching on david johnson so much chris carson has been better and he has looked better on film it's i don't know we get the fantasy community gets fixated on these certain players and then someone like chris carson is just out there you know ready to be grabbed one thing that made me mad is you know touching on david johnson is that they said you know brian leftwich is going to be the offense coordinator that's going to help the offense so much <laughs> okay, a lot of people in the fantasy community was said, oh, DJ gets a huge bump. Didn't hear anything about Larry Fitzgerald. I'm like, okay, you know what, I, I can buy into that. I think that, you know, Brian Leftwich will help that offense. But to me, it was like, it's going to help Larry Fitzgerald probably the most. You know, they're going to be able to get the ball a little bit quicker. Going to do a little bit more routes to get him the ball more. And would you know, he had, what, like nine receptions? He had, like, 20 points last week. So this was a really good week last week for him. A lot of experts were telling you to draft defenses a little bit early. You know, go on to draft Jacksonville. No, like wait on defense and stream it, guys. Like, especially this year. I mean, that's something I think that the fantasy community has to fix if the offense is going to be this productive. I mean, so many defenses are going negative. They're not really getting the points. It's, I think that's, you know, that NFL is set up for offenses to succeed and put up points and put up yards. If we're going to continue to have defenses as part of fantasy football, I do think we need to restructure the points and how that is set up. Maybe we start giving points for deflected passes. Maybe we start giving more points for tackles for losses. I'm not sure exactly what that is, but that's something that I do think needs to be addressed if this is the NFL going forward, and it certainly seems like that. You know, there's more points scored this year because defenses can't do as much on defense. 
So I do think that is something that needs to be addressed. You know, DraftKings and FanDuel, they kind of have it figured out, but not really. Maybe we start going to more IDP leagues, but that's just definitely something that does need to be addressed. Sorry about the rants here, guys. If there's anything else you guys want me to touch on, I can definitely do that. Um, it's just some things that I need to get off my chest that just really bothers me about the fantasy football community and the fantasy experts that are out there. Be careful who you listen to. You know, if you ever need me, ask me a question. I'm there for you guys. I'll try to provide the correct analysis. If you want me to go in more detail about a certain analysis that I have, I will definitely do that. You know, on Twitter, it's definitely hard for me to do that uh, given the character limit that I have. Um, so maybe, you know, I'll, I'll follow you on Twitter. That way I can start sending you messages on Twitter. You know, you can always message me on the Patreon page as well. I'm there for you guys. I want to do this for you guys. I do like doing it. I'd like to do it more. Thanks. All right, guys, I know I said I was finished, but, you know, I just want to touch on one more thing. And it's just another thing that, you know, just sort of bothers me. And I just, it's one of those things I just don't get. And, you know, I'm leaving my workout right now. So, you know, I just went and worked out. I'm a little bit hyped up, but I'm going to touch on this real quick. So the week-to-week -week analysis. Now, I get it. They have to, you know, fantasy experts and, you know, the whole industry, they have to produce this content. They have to get their clicks, their media views, all that stuff. So, you know, they produce this week-to-week -week content, and they try to push you towards the storyline, but really all they're trying to do is push you towards their content. It's not good, you know, it's not analysis, really. They're just trying to push you towards their content. You know, I, I don't want to... Do I want to talk shit about pro football focus or not? I, you know, I just... So, I will. I will, real quick, because, you know, they really get me. You know, obviously, they have a hard job. They go through and grade every single player in the NFL, but, you know, it's this subjective analysis that they try to turn objective you know you look at uh chris carson is a perfect example so early on in the year i'm all you know they had the stat where it's like um tackles missed tackles avoided or you know broken tackles and i'm, I'm looking at the stat i'm like so where where's chris carson on the stat because you know I'm, I'm watching his games and i'm like okay i can see like where like the, i can see where you consider like something not being a broken tackle or missed tackle but you know it's just i kept watching i'm like there's one game where i'm like Man, you know, you could really give Chris Carson like 20 broken or avoided tackles in this game. And I looked and they only give him like three. I'm like, okay, something's wrong there. And so like this week, um, I saw they had their overall like pro football focus offense, like best overall grades. Chris Carson was the top running back. And I'm just looking at him like, yeah, he had a really good week, but like he's been putting on this exact same film and he's out also had this exact same production <laughs> throughout the year. So I'm all like, uh, like, where is this getting missed? You know, you know, they, they do a great job, but you know, take it with a grain of salt, because, like, what they do, it's, you know, it's, you know, they're being subjective. They all have their biases, and, you know, it's weird that one week, Chris Carson can be the best overall graded running back, or second best overall graded running back. Another week, he does the exact same film. You know, you see the exact same stuff. He's breaking the exact same tackles, having the same yardage, having a touchdown, and, you know, he has a different grade. And so that's just one thing I want to touch on. You know, obviously, they do a good job, um, but that's not even what I wanted to really talk about. And it's just something that bothers me so much. And, one week they had like Drew Brees had like two incompletions and you know they had gave him a grade of like 78 and like it was it was just weird. Anyways, I want to talk about the week to week, you know, analysis in fantasy football that just bothers me. So let's look at it. someone like Kenyon Drake. So early on in the year, you know, beginning of the season, I told you guys, I'm like, hey, I really do like Kenyon Drake. 
But the thing with him is that he's going to be hit or miss. He's going to be the Deshaun Jackson of running backs, you know. One week he'll be really good, you know, bust a couple of touchdowns. Another week he won't be. He won't bust that big play. And early on, you know, I made that video showing you guys why Kenyon Drake was having all his problems. It kind of boiled down to number 70 on the offensive line. You know, there's like five big plays where if there's number 70, he makes a block. You know, it's going to be a big play. And now, obviously, since then, you know, they shamed up. They've done a good job of, you know, blocking these uh, holes and gaps and, you know, getting these players blocked, you know, on the ends where Kenyon Drake's able to make these big plays. And obviously, they're trying to make him the focal port even more in the offense. But I saw a bunch of, like, different analysis where some people are like, Kenyon Drake is going to be a stud. He could be a top five, top ten running back. You know, he could be a top ten running back, but that's going to be hit or miss. You know, there's going to be some weeks where he gets you five, some weeks where he gets you 20. And I saw other people saying, Kenyon Drake is going to be a bust. You know, just watch it. And, you know, they kind of, after a week where he does good, you know, that fan's expert that says he's going to do good. It's like, see, I told you. I told you he was going to do good. Or, you know, that fancy expert that said he was going to be a bust, you know, they're like, ah, yeah, I try to warn you guys. It's like, no, guys, that is week-to-week -week analysis. Don't fall for that. That's, you know, you got to take – fantasy football, I always say it, though. Fantasy football is um, a weekly sport. It's a week-to-week -week sport that we played season long because, you know, you're trying to win each week, but you got to keep that season-long picture in mind, um, you know. So just think about that when you're making these decisions, especially when you're thinking about who to drop, who to trade for. Well, something that I like to do, you know, I don't see experts do this a lot when they're giving advice, but when you're trying to make a trade, try to project how many starts you're going to actually gain from that player. Um, are they going to help your lineup, overall starting lineup, or are they going to hurt your overall starting lineup? Are they going to provide more points or less points? But what it boils down to is how many total starts are you going to get out of that player as opposed to another player? And what I mean by that is... You should be able to know, be like, hey, I'm training for this guy because he's going to get me six solid starts. And I know that for a fact, unless he gets injured, I'm going to be starting him. So I guess someone like, I don't know, if you, say you want to trade for Keenan Allen right now. You can puzzle him in to start every single week for the rest of the season, unless he gets injured because you know you're just going to be plugging and playing him. Say you wanted to trade for, you know, let's, you know, Keenan Allen isn't doing as good as someone like, uh, you know, maybe John Brown, you know. You're not going to puzzle him in for as many starts as Keenan Allen, but John Brown might have more points at some point than Keenan Allen. You know, it's just that kind of thing. Um, I did touch on John Brown. I'm not even trying to dog on John Brown. I've been promoting John Brown as the number one Baltimore receiver for a while now. Look at the targets, the air yards, it's all there. Um, it's just, it really gets me when these analysis, um, these fancy football experts, they try to give you this um, content every week, every day, you know, and I get it where these bad storylines come up and where they create this content because, you know, it's needed. You know, if it wasn't for them, the industry wouldn't be as big as it is. And I wouldn't be talking to you guys about it right now. But at some point, it's just like, come on. I know that you're just saying this stuff because you're trying to push your content. You know, we just got to get over that hurdle and get through that. You got to be able to read and react and listen and react to what it is. Absorb it. Absorb the information. But don't let that be the only telltale story for you guys. Um, I saw what another thing, Albert Wilson. Now, he was getting a lot of hype. And, you know, maybe I could see next year his draft stock, his draft capital rising because he had a couple of good games, a couple of big play games. Now, I said for a while, I'm like, I kind of like what the Miami Dolphins did with the receiver group. They kind of all mix and match together pretty well. Jakeem Grant, Albert Wilson, big speed guys. You got Kenny Stills, big play guy. 
You know, Devonta Parker, I thought he would get more run. You know, he's a guy that can go up and catch it. Damian Adola is going to be the solid slot receiver. I kind of like what they did there. But, you know, I saw a lot of people saying, oh, Albert Wilson really came on there. You know, it's a shame that he got injured. I'm like, no, it's just kind of he had a couple big plays and, you know, a couple of games in a row. And, you know, people thought his fantasy stock was going up. But, man, this is a deep, long rant. You know, I apologize for that. But, you know, some of the stuff just really gets to me. And I just, you know, I just need to get out sometimes and kind of let you guys know how you should be going about this situation, how you should read, listen, react to it. You know, don't just see it and believe it, you know. Be able to anal- anal- ooh, analyze it yourself and draw a conclusion for yourself based on the information that was given to you guys from other fantasy experts. Hope this got, you know, hope this helped you guys. <laughs> I'm probably going to do a couple more of these rants because I'm like, not going to lie, I'm kind of enjoying it. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, 95 Sports, Finn Dawson checking out here. Hope you guys enjoyed it.